Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Friday, December 23rd, 2022. And our top story today is the SECURE Act nearing the finish line. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, David Levine and Kevin Walsh are both principals with Groom Law Group. That's an employee benefits law firm based in Washington, D.C. Kevin, David, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Jeff, it's great to be here. You know, there's lots to discuss, so let's get right to it. Absolutely. And I want to just preface our conversation that we're we're having this on a Thursday morning. It's 9.05 a.m. Eastern time, so a lot could happen. But I think, Kevin, I want to start with you to give us the lay of the land when it comes to this Consolidated Appropriations Act at, that includes Secure 2.0. Where, where do things stand as of 9.06 a.m. Eastern time? So, Jeff, thank you. You know, as of 9.06 a.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, the thought was that this bill would have been out of the Senate by now. Uh, the Senate stayed in session last night until 2 a.m. because the senators are trying to beat a snowstorm to get out of town, and they're also trying to get home for the holidays. Uh, in D.C., it's already started raining, which is going to put increased pressure on senators who are looking to get out the door. Now, the reason they haven't voted yet is because there's, there's some disagreement over an amendment they're considering related to immigration. Um, and there's actually a procedural spat going on as to whether or not that amendment can require 60 votes to pass or 50-51. Um, as it is, you know, if the omnibus goes forward and all indications are still that it is very likely to go forward, that Secure 2.0 will be attached to it. So, you know, here we are counting down the days to the holidays and with the Senate trying to get out of town before it snows. And we don't know what's going to happen, but we've got a strong sense that Secure is in good shape. Yeah. And David, I want to come to you to get your thoughts on that. And also, if you wouldn't mind talking about some of the provisions, just to kind of, you don't have to go through the hundred or so provisions. We don't have time for that, unfortunately. And some of which will be, the, the provisions will be displayed as we're talking. But let me, let me get your thoughts on what Kevin just said and some of the pieces of Secure 2.0. Sure. Uh, first, I completely agree with Kevin. We're sitting here at nine in the morning on the Thursday. And you would have thought this would be done, but there's politics at play. Secure 2.0 is completely baked in. It's part of the omnibus. But the real question is, does it get across the line? Everybody would think it would. Everybody, there are priorities like the, the Electoral Count Act and all, and all those other types of things are baked into this bill. But stranger things have happened and we've come down to the wire before, so we will see what happens. But let's talk for a moment about what's in this bill. You're right, Jeff. It is a grab bag, or as I've used in some of our prior discussions, it's a Christmas tree bill. And it's very apt timing, given it's Christmas. So <laughs> everybody gets a gift under the tree this year with, with Secure 2.0. The number of provisions is staggering. Let's talk about some broad-based ones that are in there. First, there is the minimum distribution. When people have to take money out, people always care about that one. That slowly ramps up the distribution age over time to, a, to like 75, I believe it is at this point, that gets you to a later age, which basically means people can leave money in a tax advantage retirement plan longer. Additionally, there's a common theme and there's different pieces about it, but I'll hit it very generally for a minute, about emergency savings. 
and the ability for people to access money out of a plan, the taxation of it, so-called sidecar emergency savings account. There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of nuances. We'll see what happens there. I'm just going to hit two more things. I'm sure Kevin will have some more to hit really quickly. Uh, some, you're also seeing for people who are for new plans, some rules that will be going in at this point on new plans uh, about, about rules, about auto enrollment, auto increase, all those different types of features. There are carve outs for some small business, but definitely some features about auto save that are, that are in there at this moment. And then of course, we love to talk when we're on our weekly broadcast with you about pooled employer plans. There are some clarifications and tweaks there about trusts, about 403Bs. There's a lot going on in that space, but I'll stop there knowing we don't have that much time. Kevin, I want to come to you and I, I have a feeling and I want to ask you about lost participants. <laughs> I had a feeling that was the one that I was going to, I was going to lead off with, but I, I so I, I think one thing that's important to see here is that Congress has heard our pleas to a degree about the need for some help with respect to missing participants. And as part of the, the Secure 2.0, uh, there's language in here that would direct the Department of Labor to create a missing participant database within two years of enactment. So, you know, I, I think once Secure 2.0 is enacted, it's going to be important for folks to, you know, remind the regulator that we need to get moving on on this missing participant database so that we can finally put an end to uh, some of what's been going on with missing participants for the last several years. Well, gentlemen, I, I need to take a very quick break. Uh, we come back, we'll talk about what's next. We'll assume the passage or maybe get close to passage. We'll talk about what plant sponsors, record keepers, and others may need to consider. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Tax audits, tax liens, 
wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The Tax Relief Line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. Nothing is known 100%. So my strategy does not change based off what other people expect. My strategy is based off of what I expect. And what I expect is to retire when I'm around 60 years old. And so I make my investments today based off what my future goal is, which is, you know, to retire and you know, 30 or 40 years. That's, that's my goal. David, Kevin, thank you so much for staying with us on your last segment on the network for 2022. We appreciate having you for segment number two this morning. And Jeff, we're always happy to be on and, and, and viewers, we haven't said it yet. So happy holidays. David, I want to come to you. Uh, you guys did a great job in short period of time being concise and laying out some of the major milestones and key provisions in SECURE, but also the steps related to the more greater consolidated act. David, let's talk about the effective dates, because I bet you there are plan sponsors out there or employers, record keepers and others. What are, generally speaking, what are the effective dates of these provisions? Well, you know, Jeff, it's the most wonderful time of the year and there are gifts under the tree, but thankfully the gifts do not require that much rushing for January 1, 2023. Let's, let's go for a macro quick hit and then I'll switch briefly to some more, a little detail. On the macro level, the folks in Congress really did a great job. They rolled up a bunch of the effective dates for changes and said, recognize that you can't just build your system overnight for these things. So whether it is plan document changes, like sort of the high level for plan sponsors, those changes, a lot of it kind of rolled back to like 2025 and later, if that makes any sense. So we've got some time and it picks up Secure 1.0, the CARES Act, it makes it a little easier to consolidate your amendments. Separately, there's a lot of different effective dates on each individual provision in terms of when it goes live. 
But by and large, those that are favorable give you opportunities. Those, some of them, some of them basically are clarifications back to when Secure 1.0 passed. Some of them just go into effect next year. But these aren't things that you must do in general. So a lot of the must do, like the one example I'll use and I'll call it there is like long-term part-time employees. There were clarification. And to me, this is a sleeper provision about people who work more than 500 hours in a year and lending them in a plan. Put simply put, Congress didn't move up to two years from three from counting 500 hour periods. Instantly, they didn't say, oh, it's 2023, everybody's in. They gave us time, they gave us space. So a lot of the provisions that required changes push off to 24, 25, we've got room. So I hope everybody actually has a wonderful holiday because of that, because you do not have to be rushing to change your plan or your admin in, in the vast majority of situations. Thanks, David. Kevin, I want to come to you because David made some really great points about the effective date. Um, in terms of what to be thinking about, and, and I, I, we can talk about the, the technological innovations that have to happen around record keeping. You know, no, impl no implementation takes one minute, as David has pointed out on this program and in other places. But what are the next steps? So let's assume, we're assuming that this is going to be included in some bill, in the bill, and passed. So past that, what are the next steps? Do, do, does the Department of Labor, is there a body that writes the regs around this? And do they get input from the industry, for example, around some of the technological innovations that have to happen, the operational uh, concerns? Yeah, so for many of these provisions, the, the statute language is pretty clear. So I, I, the Labor Department probably doesn't need to do rulemaking. But when David's saying that you know the holiday season is going to be one of relaxation for plan sponsors, despite the passage of this bill, in some ways, it's the opposite for the Labor Department. Um, there are provisions that have a pretty tight turnaround. For example, uh, they're required to do a report to Congress on the impact of inflation uh, on retirement plans, and that's due 90 days after enactment. Um, we talked earlier about the retirement savings lost and found. That's supposed to be up and running within two years. There's other provisions like um, you know, reducing, consolidating the statements that go to defined contribution participants um, or that go towards benchmarking targeted funds where the Labor Department is supposed to finish rulemaking also within two years of, of enactment. So there's a number of provisions here where, you know, once the ball has left the legislative court, it then ends up in the regulator's court. And, you know, it really does create a full plate for the regulator for the, the next year or two. David, just to kind of top things off, plan documents are always an important part of the, uh, I know the investment policy and meeting notes are very important as part of the uh, codification of fiduciary decisions. When would plan provisions and adoption of the changes by uh, plans need to take effect? Would it need to take effect 1-1-2025? And should plan sponsors begin having those conversations maybe in Q1 of 2023? The answer is, is different provisions have different timing effective dates. The idea that you amend your plan and get it actually in written form is 25 generally, and later for governmentals. But the issue is there are some things you need to start thinking about. We've already been talking to a lot of clients about long-term part-time employees, but a key thing is the way that most like 401ks work at this point your record keeper builds systems. I know we've spent a lot of time with our plan sponsor clients and our service provider clients over the last two years, really working with them on what's their process. And that gets the overlay of what Kevin just talked about. And that is what will the regulators put out and when. We still have like a lot of discussions on PEPs and guidance on that and other things. 
So it's going to be a little bit of two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes people are going to move forward and then have to wait and then adjust. So we shall see. But the answer is, in simple English, English, yes, begin the discussions. But do not begin. Do not expect everything to be all planned out. Because if you do, you will be sorely disappointed and waste a lot of your time in the first quarter of 2023. Yeah, no need to get the Microsoft Project uh, Matrix out just yet. We're going to leave it there. Gentlemen, Great to see you as always, David Levine, Kevin Walsh. Thanks so much for your participation on the network this year. And we look forward to seeing you in 2023. Thank you, Jeff. And thanks, viewers. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for a very special edition of BRN Weekly. We'll be doing a Saturday edition to follow the Secure app. You're going to want to check that out. So until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.